In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. We have finally passed Thanksgiving. It is December the 2nd, and we have only three weeks, three Sundays, until the Feast of the Nativity. And so finally, since we're past all of Thanksgiving and we're finally into December, we're starting to really focus ourselves upon the feast that is coming up, the Nativity of Christ. We're really starting to say, okay, now I need to get ready for Christmas. And the church says the same thing. Now we really do need to get ready for this upcoming feast. And so, as you might read in the library lines in the bulletin this morning, it says that during the early parts of December, we begin to hear about and have commemorated in the church uh, different Old Testament saints, and in particular, uh, different of the minor prophets of the church that we might not really think about um, very often, but who are extraordinarily important for us to understand who it is that we are preparing to welcome into our midst by preparing to celebrate the Nativity, by preparing to celebrate Christmas. And this morning's Gospel and this morning's commemoration are two wonderful places that remind us of who this Jesus Christ is and why, how we need to respond to the things that he has c continued to do for us throughout all of time. In the Gospel reading, we have this great, miraculous healing. We have a blind man who's sitting by the roadside and crying out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus finally does look and see him, and he asks him what he wants, and he asks for his sight, and Jesus says, your faith has made you well, and you are healed. We have Jesus, the healer, who is this person that we are preparing to see and to experience in the Nativity. We also have this morning the feast of the prophet Habakkuk, or Habakkuk. And the reason why I'm saying both of them is because I'll probably say both of them at some point uh, during the next 10 minutes. But the prophet Habakkuk is one that you might not think about very often, but he is a very important uh, one of the prophets. And in fact, he's depicted in the iconography of the church here because uh, Habakkuk is one who helps us to remember that the person that we are preparing to welcome is the conqueror, is Christ the victorious one. And he's depicted in the place where we know the biggest victory of Christ. Everybody should be looking that way. We know the icon of the resurrection, but Habakkuk is there. On the left side of the icon where Adam is, we have John the Baptist, David and Solomon the kings. On the other side, where he is uh, holding the arm of Eve, we have Abraham, we have Abel, the first person to ever die in the history of the world, and peeking his head out right behind there, looking at the resurrection, is Habakkuk. And I'm not 100% sure why he's there, why he was the one that was chosen. It could have just as easily been Ezekiel. We read about the dry bones on Great and Holy Friday. Could have as easily been Isaiah, because he's the one who talks about the suffering servant, and then therefore who Jesus Christ is in that way. But Habakkuk is one who particularly sees, and we even mention his name in the hymnography of Pascha. Remember that at midnight in four months, when you hear his name in the fourth ode of the canon, uh, as we are singing and celebrating on Great and Holy Pascha night. But he sees 
the victory that is won in Christ, and then he tells us exactly how we are to react. And the book of Habakkuk begins with Habakkuk really lamenting. He looks at God and he says, why are you doing this to me, basically? How long am I supposed to be facing suffering? Why are you putting hardships upon me? Why am I calling upon you and you're not saving me and you're not taking this, this pain away? That's how the first verse of the book begins. And unfortunately for Habakkuk and perhaps for us, if you look on your bulletin, God responds to Habakkuk's questioning of God. God says to him, Behold, you scoffers, take notice, look and be amazed and be gone, for I am working a work in your days which you would not believe even if someone told it to you. He's basically saying, trust me. Trust in God. Don't worry, I am doing something bigger than you can even imagine. It is, uh, it's going to blow your mind when you see it. And of course, this is 600 years before the coming of Christ where Habakkuk is getting this, this word from God. But he finally gets to see what it is that God is doing here at the resurrection. 600 years later, add a few, he's able to finally say, oh, that was what you were doing. You're right, I would not have understood that even if you had told me about it. And so Habakkuk gets that answer. And we have that answer as well, because we see it. We see the victory. We know what it is that Christ is doing and that he has come to conquer. He has come to not take away all of our pain, to not take away the hardships and say life is going to be easy, don't worry about the burdens, but he is coming to say in Christ, in Christ there is victory. There is victory. And we have a reminder of that in another commemoration that we have today, which is that of St. Porphyrius. And his, a couple of his quotes are there on the back of, of the bulletin as well. St. Porphyrius is a 20th century saint. So you have Habakkuk 600 years before Christ, and you fast forward 2,500 years to get to Porphyrius, who was a, a monastic saint who wrote a great book, uh, there's one, Wounded by Love, or some of you have read the book Precious Vessels, and his, there's a chapter about him in that book. But St. Porphyrius uh, completely tells us that we need to unite ourselves to Christ for there to be joy, for there to be victory, uh, for Christ to be conquering in our life. And he says, and I'll just read a couple of these on here, you can read the rest of them at home. Life without Christ is not life. That's the way it is. If you don't see Christ in everything you do, you are without Christ. And that one I know pierces me. I know I don't see Christ in everything that I do. And the sad part is, most of the things that I do happen 20 feet from this altar in my office. And I'm still not seeing Christ in everything. But when I do, that is where victory is. And that's where we need to say, Christ is everything. Life without Christ is not life. St. Porphyrius goes on and he says, Christ is our friend, our brother. He is whatever is beautiful and good. He is everything. In Christ there is no gloom, melancholy, or introversion, whereas man suffers from various temptations and situations that make him suffer. Christ is joy, life, light, the true light, 
which makes man glad, makes him fly, makes him see all things, see all people, suffer for all people, and want all people to be with him and close to him. It doesn't say that there won't be any suffering at all, but that we suffer with people. And that's what brings us joy. That's what brings us life. That's what takes away the gloom. In the gospel, the the man who was shouting out to Christ, the people were telling him, no, stop. He doesn't need to hear from you. And that's almost a picture of the world saying, when we cry out to Christ, oh no, don't worry about Christ, that's outdated, that's old stuff. You can do other things, there's other ways to conquer. But St. Porphyrius is saying, no, we can only conquer, we can only have victory in Christ. And that's precisely what we are preparing for in preparing for the Nativity. The coming one who is coming to take on flesh is the victorious one who takes away the sins of the world, the one who conquers death, the one who suffers with us so that we can enter into the kingdom of heaven as well. And that's where Habakkuk finally got. The book is only three chapters long. The first verse is him lamenting God, but the last verse of the book is almost the exact opposite. It is the exact opposite, and it's what, Lord willing, our response should be when we see and know that the coming one is the one who is coming to conquer. This is how his book ends. For though the fig tree will not bear fruit, and there be no grapes on the vines, the labor of the olive tree fail, and the fields yield no food, though the sheep have no pasture, and there be no oxen in the cribs, Nothing is going right. Even though everything is looking horrible, Habakkuk says, Yet I will glory in the Lord. I will rejoice in God my Savior. The Lord God is my strength. He will direct my feet to the end. He will set me upon high places so as to conquer by his song. Habakkuk saw, just peeking over the shoulders of Abel and Abraham, He saw what God was doing. He saw that he is the conquering one, that he's the victorious one, and he was able to respond accordingly. And so, brothers and sisters, your homework is to read just chapter 3 of Habakkuk, just the third chapter. Extra credit is to read the other two uh, as well. But the third chapter is a hymn of the church. It's a hymn that's used throughout the hymnography of the church, and it's a good one for you to know, that third chapter. Because in it, in all of this, we are then able to see our sufferings and see our burdens in a different light. We're able to see our sufferings and to see our burdens in the light of Christ. We're able to see our sufferings, to see our burdens in the light of Christ Who is the victorious conqueror? That's who we're preparing for. That's why we live our lives the way that we do. May we be like Habakkuk and put all of our hope, all of our strength in God, who is the conqueror. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.